I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast that's tacky and we hate you. Just kidding. You know we love you. <laughs> I <laughs> From know. the West Coast. You couldn't even say it. You couldn't even get through I it. I can't even pretend. From the <laughs> West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who had been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the lesson. This Week in the Lesnam is a place where we can touch base each episode about things happening in the podcast or otherwise, and we are so excited to kick off our trivia again with Goodbye 2020 Trivia, January 28th, which is a Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, and also January 30th, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. We wanted to make sure we have events on different times for all of our European and international listeners. So we really hope to see you potatoes there. I'm talking to you potatoes. <laughs> we also are going to be gearing up for our trivia coming up in February, which is going to be our next round of She-Ra Trivia. So this is going to be a whole different question set than when we did She-Ra Trivia back in the fall, summer? When was oh, that? Okay. It was a while ago, but we have a whole new question set. We are so excited to bring it back. So that's going to be on February 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, or on February 20th, 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific. And we can't wait to see you all there. If you want to find our events, you can find them on our Facebook page and our Eventbrite page. In the greater Les universe, Barbie got a girlfriend. <laughs> she uh, didn't really, but we're going with yeah, it. But we're rolling Barbie with Barbie should have been gay. There's a picture circulating around of Barbie and another Barbie. And the internet is going wild. <laughs> a girl Barbie. A girl Barbie. They must be together. So we're going to roll with it. I feel like we've said Barbie's gay before on this podcast, to be honest. I'm having deja vu. But Look, if every queer woman's childhood is to be believed, Barbie is gay. So Exactly. Barbie's I gay. I think it's fine. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> 
I mean, they have Barbies for everything, right? They have hiking Barbie and softball Barbie. Like, those two are dating. They're together. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also in the Greater Les Universe, Dickinson Season 2 has dropped. I have already seen a lot of feelings out there. I'm catching up via all the clips, so please don't stop posting them, because that's my that's my content. I need it. <laughs> I love it. I also would like to report back. I know we've talked about Ammonite before, but I finally watched it. And I will say, it is worth watching, if only for the sex scene. Oh, really? The sex scene is... One of the best I've seen. That's all I'm okay, gonna say. Okay, rank it, rank it for me compared to the L Word Thruple sex scene. <gasps> okay, L Word Thruple is definitely the top. <laughs> okay, I just need to know. I need. Thruple. I don't want to get my hopes set too high. L Word Thruple. What's another sex scene that I love? Honestly, this one's it's it's, it's up there. High, it's top high up three. There. Good. Very. I like it. Very graphic, but in a tasteful way. You know wow. they're lesbians, and that's like happy very birthday rare. to you, Sir Sharon. Exactly. <laughs> I know I'm way behind on it, but I just wanted to say I have seen it, and I can guarantee that these eyes saw something beautifully gay. <laughs> so Excellent. check it out if you haven't. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 12 of season four, When Stars Come Out. And we are even more excited to have a special guest with us here today. We are joined by Brian Faldudo, who is a professional actor, a country music singer and songwriter, and a certified ICF life coach. Brian, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Hello. We are so excited to have you here. Tell our listeners a bit more about you. You have a podcast called Gay Life Coach. What's that all about? I do. Yeah, I started a podcast. Y'all, y'all are on season four of this. That's amazing. Yes, I'm, I'm already questioning my decision to start one. <laughs> no, I'm not. I well, it had a very weird start because I started my podcast around the same time that everyone started their podcast when COVID started. But mine honestly was in the works before COVID hit. It wasn't a COVID decision. It was something that I had been talking with someone about and we were like in the process of making it. And then it just so happened to be the year of podcasts when my podcast yeah. You're not like the other quarantine podcasters <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. But I mean, either way, it's great that people are creating during this time, right? But yeah, it, a lot of people who are in the field of what I'm doing, which is life coaching, they're regularly releasing content, whether that's like essays they're writing or they're doing like TED Talks or whatever. And I kind of wanted a way where I can continually just talk about where I'm at with my journey because coaching is very much about the client. But I feel like sometimes people want to know about who they're working with. So that's just my chance to be like, this is what I'm figuring out about myself. Or this is this is someone who I'm interviewing today who's been really inspirational to me. And it's kind of like a place where I can just map out my journey, if that makes sense. Yeah. It sounds very cool. And you've recently come into the life coaching, right? Can you talk about how you started that? Because it's it's really cool. Diving into it, I think I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate. There's an aspect to being queer that after you come out of the closet, there's a couple of years where you really don't know who you are because you have been disconnected from yourself for so long, right? So, And those years are really like tough. You make decisions you probably wouldn't make if you were a little more connected to what's been going on inside you this whole time. And you enter a lot, like I personally entered a lot of really like toxic relationships. And I I hit the club scene, wanted to blend in and prove my worth as a gay and blah, 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 blah. I hit rock bottom like really quick because I had been so, you know, I was in denial for a very long time. So I think that like the amount of time that I was in denial of myself was almost like accelerated the amount of time that I kind of hit this like rough patch after coming out. And I just, I was sick of being upset. So I was like, how does one be happy? (laughs) And I got, I got really curious about that though, because I was also doing a lot of traveling at the time. I was actually in LA. I was on the West coast. When you travel, new neural pathways open which is like a scientific thing, which is kind of exciting. And so I was traveling and I was like, my mind was like all open. I was like walking around and I was like, I was just kind of having this moment with myself where I was like, these people who say that they're like happy with who they are. And I want to know how one does that. And so I got super curious about that journey. And then honestly, being a life coach was a bit of a selfish choice because I was like, how do I spend as much time as possible working on this thing that I've become passionate about, which is like really learning to love yourself and develop an authentic connection with yourself. How do I spend as much time doing that as possible 
and maybe just bring people with me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of how life coaching came about for me. And it's obviously become a little more altruistic over time. Like I'm coaching, I've discovered is a real craft and being good at it is something I'm also become passionate about because I know what it feels like to not be able to see outside of your perspective. So if I can be someone who provides a perspective shift to someone, that's like super exciting for me. Sorry, I gave you a really long answer. No, I love it though. Starting that journey, I'm picturing myself being like, in Google, typing, like, how to be happy. <laughs> literally, though. Literally, though. And you know what's funny is when you start asking the question, like, how do I be happy after spending so long not being happy, you actually discover that there are things out there that can, like, that are resources or books you can read or, like, things you can try. It, when you're in the thick of unhappiness, it does feel really helpless. But I think once you take that first step, you actually realize that you're not helpless. It's, like, kind of exciting. I love that so much. What were some of the resources that you found that made you feel less helpless? One of them was the Anthony Mindel's Actors Workshop. I was in LA. I started at a new acting workshop. And his whole... I've been an actor since I was younger, <laughs> which I think we'll talk about. Yes, we'll talk about. <laughs> We're like burying the lead so hard. I love it. Well, you gave it away at the start. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've been on a long journey with my acting. You know, a child actor turned just really misunderstood the craft for a while. And I had a really e egotistical view of success. So I was not very like happy with my artistry. Right. But I found this studio where his whole acting philosophy, Anthony Mindel, the guy who runs it, is how much of you can you bring to the work? And that's what's going to make you an artist that people like want to watch or want to listen to. And that was obviously a difficult moment for me because I was like, I don't know who I am, so I don't know who to bring to the work. So were you out when you did that when you did that class or that? Yeah, I was out. But I was out for a while and still very, like, unsure of who I was. I was just trying to fit into what I thought out was, you know? Yeah. So, I feel like that's a very common experience. Yeah. Of, we've talked about this before. Like, we and we, we call it homonormativity as well. You're, like, being heteronormative. And then you're like, okay, well, yeah. now I'm in this new group. And yeah. now I'm going to be... <laughs> exactly what everyone else in this group is like for lesbians we're like i'm gonna wear flannels and get a leather jacket and like, cut my hair off <laughs> yeah do like but there's there are definitely expectations of what you're supposed to be once you come out and you're looking for acceptance so badly because you didn't feel it before then now you're searching for it and changing yourself for this new group yeah and it just it's just and it just takes you a while to realize that validation isn't going to be found anywhere outside of yourself, which takes a while. And this studio was cool for me because it was like, you are enough. Like you are someone, Ellie and Lee, you are both people who have lived every moment up until the moment you're living currently, which makes you an interesting person. And so all you have to do is bring yourself to a scene, for example, and that's going to be watchable. Because you're going to make Ellie cry already. Just, <laughs> I know. Just so you're ready. <laughs> well, it's actually I've been I've been taking some acting classes actually with Bianca. You know, Bianca. Yeah. From Wagner. Yeah. We went to college together. We, I'm like, we went to college <laughs> together, everyone. But I've been taking some acting classes with her and she's been telling me the same thing. And I think it is like a very introspective thing when you're younger, like and you're you were doing like Hollywood stuff, but even doing musical theater, you're just like, oh, I put on. A character like I'm not on stage that's somebody else <laughs> but to really dig and be like okay well who am I and how can I bring that to the role that's like that's another level that's very very hard like you said if you don't know who you are yeah yeah and everything I had done up until that point as far as artistry was very much like what do people want to see or what's gonna what's gonna get me the job or what do I think they want rather than what do I want? What do I want to say? What do I want to do? Which, yeah. And all of the things that I've done from that authentic place, which are just because I want to do it. Those are like my projects that everyone's like, oh my God, thank you so much for putting this out into the world because I was able to find like that truth inside of myself, which is obviously super difficult. And I'm, I'm not like always able to do that, especially in an artistic lane, because there's so many things that like you compare yourself to others. There's always like trap that you fall into, right? But but I'm getting better. <laughs> so can we yeah. can we use that as a diving in point? Because I feel like we're we're like talking uh, around this in a general sense. So 
Yeah. You obviously acted as a kid. Yeah. It's going to be so anticlimactic when we actually say <laughs> We'll give it like a musical flourish now, like a sick guitar rail or something. So you acted as a kid and you had like a pretty iconic, memorable role (laughs) in School of Rock. Tell us a little bit about how you got the role of Billy and brief word picture of, of what that experience was like. Yeah, well, it was, I'll note it was filmed at Wagner College, which is where, where Allie and I went to school. And I never get to tell the story, actually, but <laughs> I think it's so funny. I, did, I forgot. I forgot that it was filmed at Wagner. And I went on the tour because I heard that Wagner had a great theater program. And I'm like on the tour of the school. And I'm like, wow, this place looks so familiar. And the tour guide was like, we were recently voted like most beautiful campus. And a lot of films get chosen to film be filmed here. And some of the films that are chosen were blah, blah, blah and, blah, and School of Rock. And I was like, <gasps> that's so funny but it was i was like in love with the school already so i was like huh and then as soon as i went there everyone was like did you come here because it was filmed here and i was like no i know i still i forget i still remember there was like a video i think what what are they what is the thing in fresh freshman year that the theater yeah there was like a welcome to Waggies thing kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were just saying I'm tacky and I hate you into a mirror like a million times. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, still got it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play into it sometimes. I have a lot of questions for you, Ellie, because, you know, we're talking about sort of like the disconnect from ourselves, right? And I feel like I had such blinders up for a long time. I was so concerned about what everyone else thought about me that I was never even considering like what I thought of like you, for example, you know, because I was just like so caught up in like other people's perceptions of me. And so like, I don't, I don't even know how I was in college. I was just trying my best to survive. It was like all based out of like my own mind, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like we knew each other super well. I feel like we just knew each other peripherally anyways. Yeah. Just because I was friends with some of the theater people too, but. That's so common too. I think especially for a lot of queer people that you do, you kind of, there's like, you're constantly putting on this facade in front of you, right? And so you spend so much time and energy just like focused on that thing, like this entity that you're projecting, right? Like a shield out in front of you. And I feel like you do, you lose sight and and lose that connection with what's what's even actually happening right with reality essentially yeah yeah and i think you're right with what you were saying brian that i think it happens on both sides of the coming out journey to a certain extent right because it's like you have it before you kind of you know realize for yourself even or tell people and you have this this fake straight person that you're putting out there and then after coming out you're like well what's the gay what's the gay version of this let me throw that up and try to embody that for a little bit until you kind of feel comfortable stepping beyond it you know what we'd love to talk about a bit too is also like how how much more pressure and and like how much bigger that magnifying glass probably feels when you're coming at it as as somebody who's already kind of used to being dissected and analyzed and and you know like having that extra spotlight on you like how what kind of difference does that make as well yeah i think for me it was just like i always do my best to state that school of rock was a fantastic experience and it will forever live in my mind so cherished despite the 13 years of trauma I received afterwards. (laughs) No, it really was. It was magical. And I, you know, I'm still so close with the people that were in the project. And it was an unparalleled experience for a fifth grader. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. But, you know, it did. It was a movie that came out in 2003. I was an LGBTQ referencing character. I don't, I don't personally ever call myself the gay kid because I'm a kid. And I don't know that that should be in, inflicted upon a child that label i think they should choose for themselves what they want to identify as but you know it was an lgbtq referencing character because there was like a lot of effeminate characteristics and there was liza minnelli and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. and so everyone started to call me the gay kid from school of rock and at the time it was 2003 the only things that were in the media that were like lgbtq referencing was like ellen and will and grace and I personally wasn't shown any of those things. So I thought that I was just like this, this like singular person who was being made fun of for being different 
when it was, I thought it was something special. Oh, I'm getting a little emotional because it is, it, you know, I got. <laughs> so am I. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, ca- I got cast because I was, I was, ex- I was like this, this kid who walked in boldly into the audition room and just was like, here I am. <laughs> and then, you know, the movie came out and I was like, oh, who I am is actually something I need to hide. So, so it was just like, yeah, it was just, it was, in, it was intense. And, you know, that kind of, as I was saying that, I was kind of like, that's like the beauty of where I am as an artist now, because I'm trying to, I'm trying so hard with my work to just be like, here I am again, because I want, I want to just present myself as authentically as possible, because I didn't do that for so long. Well, and I'm curious, not just because obviously it, it must have affected your perception of yourself. I'm also curious, just because you mentioned being in fifth grade, and I have the most vivid memory of when I was in fifth grade is when I learned sort of like what being gay meant right in that like little kids trying to explain this concept to each other sort of way that I had never heard the word before like until literally fifth grade and so I'm curious like how does that also shape your view of being gay right to like have that start to be associated with these like specific characteristics and also like the reaction to them all I knew is that it was it was bad. I didn't know really anything about being gay other than that it was not cool. That's and that it was the word we used to describe someone who was not not like the rest of us. Essentially, it, it was an insult it, amongst my fifth grade class of boys. So, so yeah, I I almost feel like I didn't. I where I'm at now and with my coaching, I get to connect with people who like resonated with what I did at a young age on the screen because they were like, oh my god, someone like me. And sometimes I'm like, oh, it would have been so cool if I was able to like really embrace that, you know? But at the same time, I also feel like I didn't have too much of a choice other than to survive that environment of school, which really just meant like, I have to, I have to, that's what I thought at the time. I have to blend in essentially. And so, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but it was No, I mean, it's really hard when you're a fifth grade kid. Like, of course, you're just trying to survive. So I don't think you need to be hard on yourself on that. Of course, you're just like trying to get by as best you could. Like, yeah. yeah. And it is really great that long term, obviously, we've seen huge strides in representation since 2003. Yeah. (laughs) But even still, it is it's awesome that you got to be that like little effeminate boy who told other boys who are effeminate, like it's okay to be this way. And it's actually sort of awesome, right? Like that's really, that's really great. So can you, can you actually talk to us a little bit about some, like any personal fan reactions where you've had people really come up to you and say, Billy really made an impact on me. Oh yeah. I mean, I just got goosebumps as you asked me because (laughs) yeah, I mean about, so about two years ago, which is a little a little shy of when I kind of decided I'm going to start embracing who I am and trying to be happy, I, I wrote a piece chronicling my story. And I did I did a couple of interviews. And yeah, people started to reach out. And yeah, it was just it was really overwhelming. Just people who kind of said that my character gave them permission to feel like less alone and like they could be themselves, which was just so crazy for me because my character made me feel like I needed to hide, you know? So it's, so it's, it made me feel so grateful for what I had to go through to kind of find the other side of that, because I also feel like so much stronger and more in touch with myself than I think I would have if I didn't necessarily go through that experience. But then also, yeah, I'm just grateful that I, someone else felt less alienated, which is like the point of like art in and of itself anyway, right? We're creating things so that people can see themselves. It's also, I mean, it's funny because I think what surprises me with the character for, I mean, it is like 2003 was not, you know, like the height of progressive film (laughs) in a lot of ways. And Billy's like a funny character because there is this, you know, I mean, I I totally agree with what you're saying. That is, I don't think we should put labels on kids, but I also think that the heteronormative approach to that is to label all kids straight and especially in media you know that i think there's this real hesitance to like ever even toy with the idea of like kids having uh, a sexuality that is apart from the heterosexual norm you know and what's funny is billy is a funny character i mean it's a it's a comedy right all of these kids are comedic in their own way but like he's not 
only the butt of jokes or like only, you know, it's he's still he's just that's who he is, you know, and yeah. they, and I kind of liked that. <laughs> I can see why people would look at that character and be like, oh, that's OK if I was also like a super gay kid. Yeah, because <laughs> some kids are, you know, and I like I do. I can I I feel like I could totally see why people would would find that as a as a character to kind of like have to hold on to as a really comforting thing you know yeah i mean that's that's also like the point of the movie like i also feel blessed to have been in a film that's all about stick it to the man and and be who you are i think the movie i think that's why it's had such an awesome following over the years is because it literally took kids and was like what's special about you and let's put that on stage and literally the philosophy that i now subscribe to and that you being on stage as yourself as a kid is enough, right? So it's, yeah, it's, it, 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 it was a blessing for sure. It's a very, actually, really cool full circle um, yeah, right? type thing. Yeah. Also, speaking of School of Rock, you've talked a little bit about how you still keep in touch with people. There's been a lot of new, like, School of Rock things, like School of Rock the Musical. Like, how do you think it still resonates with new audiences? When I saw the musical, I was curious, but then I went to it and I was like, oh, of course. Like, I think that that storyline is just so infectious, right? Give kids a bunch of instruments and let them let them break the rules and and be. be... It's like the music man, but revamped. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I, I don't there are so many things. It's crazy. I always fear that there's going to be a remake. Which you I, fear that there is. Yeah. Is that what you said? I don't know. I don't know. Because you feel. don't you want it to stay and it's like. In yeah, its form. I don't know how I feel about remakes. I don't know if you saw, but there was the Charmed remake. And I was just living for how bitter Holly Marie Combs was about oh it. Oh my gosh, there. so bitter. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, she is just not holding back about how much she does not want this remake to happen. And I wouldn't be like that. But, <laughs> I but <wouldn't>. still. <laughs> but you know, it's it just because of the special place it has in my heart, you know? So that's like a very personal thing. But I think, obviously... If it does get remade, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Our our general take is you can remake anything as long as you make it gay. That's all. Yeah. All yeah. right. Should have been gay. No. Should have been so, gay. So as long as there's something gay in there, it's fine. I think like we're not we're not doing a should have been gay on, on School of Rock, but I think Joan Cusack should have been gay. <laughs> oh my god, totally. Love her. But that's that's another thing. Let's let's talk a little bit. You talked about this before. And I think it's really awesome. Once you, you know, embraced yourself and you were like, this is who I am. I'm going to figure out what makes me happy. You also went out and did it. Like you tried a bunch of things. You like, you created more. So let's talk a little bit about your career as a country musician as well. You're doing it all. It's so cool. So talk about how you decided, okay, I'm going to go for it and start writing music. Yeah. Yeah. My friends make fun of me all the time because I am very much. So I'm going to do this now. <laughs> I love it. And everyone's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, we know you will. We'll see you in a few months with this new thing you're doing. Does that, does that feel very familiar, Ellie? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. Yeah, so <laughs> I get it. It's great. You know, the podcast was very much a thing like that for me. I was like, I'm going to make a podcast. I have no podcasting experience. <laughs> I have no idea what I want the podcast to look like. And if anyone listens to my podcast, they will see a very clear progression from episode one to where we're at now. And I'm not ashamed of any episode. I think that every episode has like something to offer and it's like really beautiful in its own way. But, you know, I never saw where we would be now, you know, but I think that's mm -hmm. the way to do things. You know, I, I, otherwise you just sit around thinking about what you're going to do. And then you never actually take the step. Country music came into my life because I was working at a country music radio station out of college and I was going through a really tough breakup. And part of the, those, the years I described where I was just constantly handing my worth over to other people. And I, it was a really, really uh, tough breakup just because I was so emotionally involved and so attached to it. And I had been working country music radio for like three years at that point. And I had kind of just fallen in love with the genre. And there's so many breakup songs in country music. And I was like, I'm all right. I'm going to write a little song about this experience to kind of because I have to do something with everything that's inside me right now it's almost just like I need to I need to get this out mm -hmm. um and so I was like I'm gonna write a little song and then I wrote it down and I was like this is actually pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and then I like played it for a friend and they were like oh my god this is great and I was like should I put this play this for someone else and she was like yeah 
I had been looking for performing outlets for a while because you know, out of college, you're also kind of figuring yourself out as an artist. And I, I wasn't really digging the theater scene as much as I thought I would. And I was loving country music radio. I, I enjoyed that job and working in that genre. And I was like, well, let me just try doing this. And then I don't really remember how it when it snowballed. But soon I was just like, I am a country music singer. I am a gay country music singer from Jersey. And that's my thing. And <laughs> but hey, I mean, couple years later and I have this beautiful music video out called God Loves Me Too which I encourage people to go check out it was actually funded by the original School of Rock team Scott Rudin Richard Linklater and Jack Black so tell why don't you tell us a little bit about the song because it has a really nice story I feel yeah so basically I grew up very religious as well and I felt as though complicated relationship with religion and I did what a lot of people do when they come out of the closet I took a step back from the church but you know, I kind of missed it. I grew up in church. I grew up in Catholic school. I grew up in a Protestant church. I spent six days a week, like going to like either theology class or church or Mm -hmm. worship service. And so I was in LA again. Wow. A lot of my realizations in life have happened in LA. And I, (laughs) it's a magical city. Yeah, I was there for a project and I had nothing to do on the weekends and I didn't know anyone in town because it was my first time in LA. And I was like, what am I going to do every weekend? And I decided to Google like LGBTQ inclusive churches because I had always heard that that's a thing. And I was like, I'm going to go check that out. And I did. And I just went there and I like cried for an hour and a half because it was this beautiful service with a pride flag hanging above the altar. And the pastor made it a point to say that all LGBTQ persons are welcome here. And it was just like really beautiful. I never thought I'd get to experience something like that. And then I had this moment that I was like, there's a kid somewhere that doesn't know that this is an option one day. And so I wanted to write a song to that kid. Let's take one hot second. We'll hear from some sponsors. We will be right back to talk more about that. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. We were just talking about your experience at an LGBTQ-affirming yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. I I also grew up in Catholic school and sang in church all the time. So I understand that that feeling of community you get from church, which is great, but then also being in a an organized religion that is organized not for you can be very difficult. But I think it is really important that you're that you reconnected with it and you're trying to have some other young LGBTQ people who might be dealing with some complicated feelings about religion. Yeah, I'm really proud of the song because I wanted it to be very, I didn't want to comment on organized religion at all because I'm very, I'm actually more, I would say, spiritual than I've ever been, but it's very unstructured. And it's, I'm very like happy with my connection to the universe. And I feel, I feel very grounded in my relationship to all that now. And I, I still love going to church because I still love the community and I love the the act of worship. And I love, there's a lot of different things from a lot of different like religious cultures that I'm into. I didn't want the song to be like 
anyone should do this or shouldn't do that. It was more just like, if there is a kid sitting in a church somewhere and they think that they need to change who they are to earn love and acceptance, I wanted to let them know that one day they might be sitting in a church like I was and they would learn that they actually don't have to do anything to earn love and acceptance. They just have to be there. And that was kind of the message of the song is just like, if that's what you're waiting to hear, then just so you know, I just heard it and it's really awesome. I love that too. As like, I'm sure things are changing a lot and I'd actually be really curious to hear like what your experience had been. Obviously country music is like historically more heteronormative. We've had some LGBTQ country music artists on and like we've talked a lot about it. But I'm curious what your experience was, especially working at a station. What was your experience with the country music community and being LGBTQ? Yeah, country music's funny. They're like, they are slow to the game sometimes. There is this huge queer country music movement Mm -hmm. happening. There is Orville Peck. There is Brandi Carlisle. There is Lil Nas X. Those are like the leaders. But then there's so many people like, That are, like, in this, like, underground queer country scene. Not even underground anymore. Like, their music is very actively out there. And you can get into it. And I personally can give, like, a ton of recommendations. You know, the Country Music Association and, like, the mainstream representation of country music is still a little behind the curve. They just had their first ever Black female perform on Mm -hmm. the Academy of Country Music Awards in 2020. The first ever black female. So it's just, it's just y'all need to, to integrate to what's actually happening. Because what's so funny is country music has become a bit of an umbrella term, right? There's what you hear on the radio, but then there's, there's old school country. There's, there's country that's a little more pop. You know, we don't have the pop music that we used to have. And so country has kind of filled that lane in a lot of ways. There's very simple melodies there. There's simple instrumentation. I kind of always say we don't have Michelle Branch anymore, so we need country music. Um, <laughs> but when I say that, I Michelle that Branch hasn't died. I don't mean that. I just mean... I no, think... but I get what you mean. Like, the pop music sh- scene has shifted. Yes, like, the yes. the type of music that inhabits that space has changed. Absolutely. Yeah. But what, that, what hasn't changed about country music is that it's storytelling. What we're learning, I think, in these this day and age is that there are so many queer stories that need to be told. And so that's why I'm like, country music is a great lane for that. It's also so nice because I feel like in so many ways, I mean, as like a queer person who also loves country music, that it's I you feel like it kind of like brushes some dust off, you know, that it's like it is a storytelling like art and you need some new stories, like breathe some life into this, you know, and that's what that's what new perspectives and new stories and new people are always going to do to like any art form or genre or anything and so yeah i i love it i think it's great are you guys both country music fans i will <laughs> listen to it but i'm not like i'm not like die hard country yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i own. don't i'm like i'm like middle about it okay <laughs> so, so political yeah. we'll kick her out it's fine we'll I just know. bye ellie <laughs> and like it depends what type of country yeah. you're talking about Again, it is a huge umbrella term these days, yes. I think. So there's there's real there really is something in there for everyone. It depends it depends what album you're listening to, honestly. Like the chicks. Yeah. Actually, my music taste in general is just powerful vocals and harmonies. So if you have Great. those, I'm down. Great. Otherwise, no. So, so as, I, I since, don't really have a specific genre. I I write all of our music for the podcast, so <laughs> I'm just going to go on a kick now and everything's going to be country. <laughs> like hardcore <laughs> country for the next year. <laughs> I, Lee, I did produce a country song for you. You did produce a country song for us. It was it, I'm not going to say it was my best work cuz it was just like a joke. Twitter thing. We did like a stupid parody song that we made from a tweet. We have, so one of of our (laughs) podcasting friends, Lauren Flans from over at Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, she had a tweet about how she watched a girl very uh, aggressively and confidently back into a parking space at a Rite Aid parking lot. And she was, but she tweeted it and she was like, is this what getting topped feels like? And so we wrote a song (laughs) called I Was Topped at a Rite Aid and it was a country country. smash hit. (laughs) Yeah. See, country needs that. It did need that. It It did need that. And it did have, you know, some great harmonies. What a bop. It was. What a bop that was. (laughs) So I love this because we 
we're covering a lot from coming from like this kid in a movie playing a role that like you probably didn't even, you know, concretely understand at the time, like what you were being placed into in terms of the box that Billy inhabits to then, you know, like fast forwarding to here where you're like, I'm totally gay. I am like fine with that, with my religion, with my I can help other people on this journey. I'm going to write country music. And like, it's just it feels like such a far like distance between those two things, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm curious, like navigating that as well as someone who probably was a little bit more in the public awareness, you know, because it's something, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been a little while, I get as of uh, now, as of us recording this, like, Elliot Page just came out, you know, and I feel like that for a lot of, of people is probably one of the the biggest names, probably, of watching somebody on their journey yeah. visibly, you know, and that's the second that that announcement came out, that's all I could think is, what must that be like to try to block out everything else, you know, and come to those realizations for yourself and to know that you are going to be doing that under a microscope? Like, I just, I can't imagine... I mean, obviously, we've done episodes devoted to coming out. Like, we talk about coming out all the time. It's, like, such a big part of queer people's lives endlessly and repeatedly, you know. But also, that's just doing it as me in high school as nobody, (laughs) you know. I'm like, I can't imagine how you add that on and then still get to just such a comfortable, confident, happy place. So what... Ha, ha, tell us your secrets. What's the, secret? What's the magic? That's, that's no. what we want to know. I've been known as the gay kid from School of Rock. So I've been in this like very limited box of like, that's that's what you are, essentially, which came with it with its, with its own package of, no, I actually think I might be more than that, you know? And so, but I am also that, you know? It, it's It's been really interesting kind of trying to navigate that even to this day, you know, I released a song like, three months ago. And the day before I released the song, it was the School of Rock 17 year anniversary. And I posted like a picture of me in the movie. And I was like 17 years with an old person emoji. And I got like thousands of likes. And then the next day I posted my song that I was released and I was so excited about. And it was like, just much less traction. Because it and that's just like the way of it, you know, and that doesn't You know, it does and it doesn't bother me, right? Because, like, I'm a human and I still experience emotions. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, perception and I'm, I'm, I'm battling things here. But at the same time, it's, I'm not releasing that song to prove anything. I'm releasing it because I want to. And so the song has taken on a life in a different direction, you know? And so I really, it comes down to intention, I think. And like, why am I doing this rather than, than what's making me do it, if that makes sense. And I guess the overall point I want to make is that I was the gay kid from School of Rock for a while and I tried to avoid that. And I was like, who am I instead? And I tried to present myself as something else by hiding. And then I came out and I was like, okay, so who am I now that I'm out? And I actually just wrote about this in this essay that I'm actually really proud of because Where I'm at right now in my work is that I don't know who I am. And that's the beauty of it. And I was always so afraid to give that answer, you know? But that allows me to then wake up one day and be like, today I'm the guy that's going to write this song. Or tomorrow I'm going to be the person who does this. Because I think that, like, we are ever-changing. The only thing constant in our lives is the fact that we're changing. And so I think that if we can give ourselves permission to just like be more than who we're trying to package ourselves up to be, then it's and I, then that's where we become unlimited, you know, and that's like really exciting. And I know your question was about public perception, but I, I think that my answer correlates to that just because my public perception has always been very, this is what you are. And so for me to be able to stand here and be like, I actually have no idea who I am. <laughs> and that's so freeing and so beautiful and that actually gives me a really exciting glow for myself each day that's that's something i'm really proud of you know i feel like the we don't need to get to here's the point where the questions tonight are the journey is the the point here you know that's okay great great great. (laughs) yes i love that though especially 
in this world that is so specialized. Mm -hmm. If you aren't only good at this one thing and that's the thing that you are, Mm -hmm. then what are you? Yeah. And it is, I think, actually really difficult to try to do more than one thing when everyone's telling you you have to be this one thing. So I think it's really amazing that you're allowing yourself to be whoever you want to be on a given day. Yeah. And not to get like super like life coachy guys, but if you think about it, we are literally made of stardust. Like we're scientifically made of the same things as stars. And I just, I think if you think about that, and if you think about like how a star is in the sky, like if a star gets covered up by a cloud, it doesn't change the fact that the star is glowing as brightly as it's always glowed, you know? And so we can do whatever we want. We can put up protective barriers around ourselves if we want. We can try and blend in in a situation and and hide ourselves, but it doesn't change the fact that we are innately glowing. And I think the more that we can just free that, the more that's like open to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to make us gay stardust shirts. <laughs> we are gay stardust. Yeah. <laughs> we are the gayest of stardust. And we will shine brightly, damn it. (laughs) I love that. Honestly, we can't end it any more beautifully than that. So (laughs) I think it's time for our Q and Gay. Are you ready? Q and Gay. All right. So here's the first one. Which character from School of Rock do you most relate to? A, Billy, B, Summer, C, Zach, or D, Dewey? I mean, I'd have to say Billy, right? (laughs) I think I mean, that's a course. fine answer. I, I have a feeling that's going to be a, <laughs> a crowd favorite. A crowd favorite on the Twitter as well. Question two How long did it take you to accept yourself after you came out? A, one year. B, one to five years. C, 10 years. Or D, it's still a work in progress. I'm going to be honest and say it's still a work in progress. D. Yeah, that's acceptable. All right. Question number three What is your favorite LGBTQ country song? <laughs> a, God loves me too. B, I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm country. <laughs> C, follow your arrow, or D, leave California. Oh my gosh, I, I'm so excited I made the options. <laughs> I do love follow your arrow, though, and I'm going to be not conceited and not choose my own song, and I'm going to choose <laughs> All right, but I'm sure other people will. <laughs> A very gracious move, indeed. <laughs> Question four, have you been to an accepting church or religious service? A, yes, B, no, or C, no, but I want to. Yes. Yes, I have. Amazing. All right. Question number five, our final question. What would you most want to learn from a life coach? A, work advice, B, self-acceptance, C, relationship advice, or D, coming out advice? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think it was B, self-acceptance. Yes. Great answer. You, you passed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> would you like to phone a friend? Yeah. They're, they're low pressure. It's low pressure. Just, low know. pressure. Remember, you can also give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Brian, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. It really has been such a delight. So where can our listeners find you on social media? Yes, I'm at Brian Faldudo. Or if you want to follow my life coaching page, it's The Gay Life Coach. And yeah, that account is super cute and just your little daily dose of, of self-love. And it's Brian with an I. Brian with an I. I'm not, I'm not cool enough for the Y, unfortunately. <laughs> It's just my brother's a Brian with a Y, so I feel like you have to specify like which one it is. Someone with a Y would want to specify, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let him know he's clearly one of the superior Brian's. (laughs) Also, if anyone wants to get coaching from you, how do they do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm super casual about it. My coaching friends are are always like, wow, you're so you're so chill about it. I was like, yeah, why not? We're we're gonna get vulnerable together. Just message me. You can uh, anywhere, honestly. But if you want to go through my website, you can. If you want to be super like profession, send an email. I love that. If you want to send a DM, great. Something that I just launched. I know you probably have a lot of lesbian listeners, but I did launch this new programming called the Gay Men Self Help Book Club. So if you do have any gay male listeners that might be interested. In joining, basically what we're doing is we're reading self-help books and we're dissecting them and how they apply to our experience as gay men. I love it. We do have some gay men in our audience, too. We do. Great. So, Do you have any projects or anything coming up that you want to let people know about specifically? My birthday is the 20th. So if everyone oh, could great. just let me know. 
You're also a Pisces? Yeah. We're all oh my Pisces. God. Every one There's of us. There's so much Pisces energy on this call <laughs> That's why right I almost cried. I'm like, wait, why? Why are there so many tears on this episode? <laughs> it's just three Pisces being like, I, I feel your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, otherwise, I just, yeah, at the moment, I'm... The, the podcast, there's always a new episode out. So everyone should go check that out if they want. Brian will also be doing an Instagram story takeover on our Instagram this week. So make sure you send in your questions. Brian, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been awesome. Thank y'all. It was so nice to catch up with you and to meet you. Thank you. Let me hear you say hip, 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 We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just like to take a chance every episode to shout out some of our favorite things that we've heard from our listeners lately. And this week, we want to shout out uh, a listener, Alessia, who wrote to us and talked about finding the podcast, having come out a little bit later in life, which we, you know, we always love a late bloomer story and just not having a lot of queer community. And so we just wanted to say thank you so much, Alessia. We, it, it just warms our heart when people tell us that we are kind of that queer community that they've found because that's what we wanted wanted the podcast to be. So thank you so much for writing. It always means so much to us. As always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rosenchino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Tara Gleason, and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Wendy K. Bartlett, and Evelyn Smith. Thank you all so much. We could not keep doing this podcast without you. It's always so wild. The list keeps getting longer and longer. (laughs) Seriously, thank you. You're all amazing. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, our new website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where we have our Les Centrals videos and all kinds of fun music videos at youtube.com slash pod. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many ways that you can do that. The first that's easy and free, you can go on the Apple Podcasts app, leave us a rating and a review. It helps new people find the podcast. I don't know if you've all heard, we're also writing a musical, an original musical called The Flame. And another way that you can help support us and our new endeavor is to go subscribe to The Flame at bit.ly slash The Flame Sub or anywhere you find your podcast, you'll see The Flame. You can also follow us on our socials at The Flame Musical. If you want to help us financially, you can also become a patron of our Patreon. You get all sorts of fun perks. You can join our Discord chat, which we love. You can join our watch parties. You can get ad-free episodes. It's a ton of fun, and we love meeting all of you who have joined so far. You can find that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to grab some merch, you can do that at bit.ly slash lesshop. We have your bro tanks. We have your mugs. It is perfect mug season. It's the perfect time to get a Les Hangout mug. So do that at bit.ly slash shop. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out, out.